I'm so tired. There's not enough hours in the day. Bullshit excuses. I've got too much to do. I have to work late. I have to run the kids around. The bullshit excuses. I have to get up early tomorrow. They end now. This is fitness for nine to fivers. You work day-to-day jobs. In fact, you may even have two, and you've been trying to fit in a healthy lifestyle. We have the solution. This is fitness for nine to fivers. And this is Andrew Marsham. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Fitness for Nine to Fivers podcast. Today we have a very, very special guest on in the form of a Mr. Caesar King. Caesar King, sorry, can't even say his name right. Um, but today we are going to be doing the deep deep dive, sorry, on fat loss. Caesar, how are you doing, mate? Andrew, man, I'm doing perfect. I'm doing perfect. Right here with you on a podcast, man, couldn't ask for a better night. That's what it's all about, mate. That's what I like to hear. Um, just a quick reminder before we get into today's fat loss session, for anyone who would like a copy of my brand new fat loss guide ebook, which is going to include my top 10 diet hacks, also full body workout for you to try and a complete day of eating, all you have to do is click the link in the description, stick in your email and I'll send that across to you. And for anyone who screenshots this and leaves it or leaves a review and shares it in the story, I will set you up also with a free coaching call. But let's get into today's topic, which is all things fat loss. So, Caesar, where do you start with fat loss when someone comes on to you, wants to work um, one-to-one with yourself, with yourself? Now, first, in fact, firstly, let's do a little intro. Give us a bit of an intro about your background, what you do, who you, who you help, what you, who you work with and things like that. Oh, well, uh, so I'm a transformation coach living in London. I have a little small studio in Twickenham. And uh, yeah, I help people all over the world transform their bodies and um, both fat loss and muscle building are obviously the main topics of what it is that I do. And uh, the way I help my clients is through right nutrition, right training, and right accountability. These are the main three things and you know, we roll with it. We transform lives as much as we transform the body. Nice one. I like to hear it, mate. I like to hear it. So what are some of the, the kind of biggest issues you have seen um, over your kind of years of working in the fitness industry? Industry, if I could, Jesus Christ, I can't speak very well today. You're speaking good, man. I can, no, I can hear you pretty well. Not doing well. Um, what are some of the biggest issues you see people coming up against um, when it comes to fat loss when they come to work with you? Fat loss-wise, I mean, right, f- few issues, okay? Um, one of the main ones, I would say, is people obviously don't stick to their plan for long enough to see significant results. So even at times when you're getting good results at the start, you know, we are creatures of habits. And I know I can even speak for myself with other areas inside of my life where I'm trying to progress and excel. A lot of the times we get pulled back into our old habit and doing a thing that, you know, we previously have been doing. So even though we get a small spark of motivation to do something, you know, we automatically after a few weeks, seem to draw back to the things that held us back previously. I feel like a massive help with that is obviously having having someone to be accountable with, having a coach like yourself, yeah. and uh, you know having that person to sort of pull you back into the in in into whatever it is that you're supposed to do to reach your goals. Because at times, if you're on your own, you know it's it's easy to fall off. That's that's one of the main issues. Would you would you agree with that? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean. It's easy to slip up or say, do you know what? It's not going to happen this week. Maybe I'll just give it a go next week. Or when there's nobody to check in with, when there's no there's no skin in the game, if you know what I mean. You know, um, even coming down to something when you talk about accountability, like getting a workout partner can even be helpful. When those know if, if yeah. you're feeling like um, maybe you've had a stressful week at work or something along those lines and you're just not feeling the workout today, but if you've got someone to let down, then it's going to be a different story. And if you're checking in with a coach, even more so, you know, you've paid them, you've made that investment in yourself. Um, also, you're going to be sending weigh-ins and things over. So if you're not where you want to be, if you're struggling, then having that someone to just be accountable to is 
is a massive, massive benefit in my eyes, definitely. Great first point. Big time, especially the thing that you're saying, like uh, financial commitment. If you make a financial commitment to something, you are so much more likely to stick to that just because there's another, I don't want to call it a pain point, but in a way it is. You know, if you're already paying for something, you sort of want to make the most out of it. That is a huge part. Obviously, you shouldn't be the main driving motivating factor, but it seems to be at times, you know, it seems, it seems to be. Obviously, getting results is another thing. But yeah, man, be, having someone to be accountable to, having something to be accountable to, training partner, huge. Yeah. Mate, huge. Do you have a training? Do, do, do you kind of, what was the training partner? Yeah, at, at, at the minute in time, I'll have, a, I'll have someone yeah. that I'm training with. And like you said, even me, myself at this level where I'm at, where, I'm at, uh, where I, you know, I enjoy going to the gym, I look pretty decent. Still, even now, at times, I would not go to the gym as many times as I could or as I am at the moment because yeah. of the training partner at times he's yeah I mean again if someone else is in the mood and you're not you know it can just be that extra push for you to go to, to get that extra session in you know um, so what are some of the kind of starting points when it comes to let's, let's touch on nutrition first obviously nutrition's probably the majority of the population struggle you know as it's the most confusing it's the hardest to control 90% of people I would say could show up to the gym for a few hours a week and make some reasonable progress yeah. but the nutrition yeah man nutrition is a huge yeah. part man even um, again even not just for people who never sort of you know tried to lose fat or people who tried to lose fat but are not uh, into bodybuilding that much yeah so like a normal general sort of you know guys who uh, work 9 to 5 yeah and uh, and gym isn't like their passion, like for us, because there's many people who want to get in shape. But what I would say is even for us, and I can imagine even for you, when I'm dieting down, there's you know there's, it's, it gets hard. It gets hard. And the main the main reason why I would say it gets hard. All right, first of all, let's break down obviously what what you need to do with nutrition to get results. Okay, so and I can imagine you're going to agree on those points. Fat loss highly comes down to two things, in my opinion. One, calorie cool. deficit. So you obviously have to consume less calories than you, uh, you're burning. Yeah. And number two, uh, eating the correct ratios of macronutrients. That helps. Most importantly, protein. Yeah. If you eat sufficient amount of protein uh, and you, you know, keep it in a calorie deficit, <clears throat> that's the recipe for success. Yeah. Would you agree? Yeah, 100%. So the two biggest 100%. levels. I mean, firstly, first and foremost, calorie deficit. If you're not in that, you're not going to lose weight. And again, protein is... You know, it's a macronutrient in its own. You know, it's just so many benefits over and above, over and above you know, what, what the other ones can provide, carbs and fats. You know, again, it's essential. So getting a really good high-quality protein in there is definitely going to make a difference. Yeah, big time. So obviously from that point on, you can, uh, you can diverse into two options. Yeah? One of them is if you are able to track your macros, track your food, using tracking apps or any sort of, you know, different ways of tracking. That's one way you track your calories, you track your macros and you try to consume the right amounts of food throughout the day. Okay. Uh, the other approach is obviously following a meal plan that either has been constructed by you or someone else. And so these are the two options. Yeah. One, you follow, um, well, two, two options that work best yeah, yeah. in my uh, opinion. Okay. Obviously there's another third option. There's another, there's another option of people, uh, you know, fasting uh, or another option of people doing sort of portion control, which, you know, they are great and they work. In my opinion, you obviously are leaving a lot out, you know, for sort of guesswork. Yeah. If you're not tracking, you, you're guessing. Yeah? And if you're guessing, you're not getting, you know, the most out of it. I'm not saying that you're not going to lose fat. There is a chance you will. You know, you fast. It could be a good thing for you. But everything that I do and everyone that I'm working with, I know that this is a holy grail. And I know one thing that if we get the numbers right, you're going to be seeing results if you continue doing a thing that, you know, it's yeah. set up. It's very, very much agreed. You know, it, they were saying what gets measured gets managed. You know, it's absolutely key. Like if you can learn to track macros, if you can learn to do it properly, hit targets consistently, consistently, you can literally do what you want, you know. You know, you, you yeah. really can with your physique. It's just about putting those initial stages in to start with. One thing that I'll often get met with, um, met, met with some resistance on, 
as the tracking side, you know, the my fitness pal and trying to figure things out when when people come on and things like that. So what are some of the kind of main tips and stuff for those who are just starting to track or who are looking to get into it? What are a couple of things you would advise yeah. they start on? So so all right, so basically everything that I do with my clients, everyone that comes on to me, I have two options. Well, two they part of the same package, okay? So one is me providing you with a full of meal plan that you can just literally pick the recipes from and you can just consume yeah. that, yeah? And if you consume those, then obviously you're going to get the results. And number two is learning how to track your macros. And whatever you just said, I have I have few people who prefer the full-on diet option and they like, you know, they just dive into it. They don't want to track anything. And then the other side of people who want to track, okay? So the main thing that I would say, whether you are tracking or whether you are you have a meal plan, one thing that I would say is preparation is key, okay? So the worst thing that you can do, in my opinion, is going away with your day and sort of taking it as it goes. So tracking as you go. You know, you go into you go to have your breakfast and you track something inside of your app and then you have your lunch, you, you track it inside of app. If you don't prep up for that day, although at times you might hit the correct numbers, eventually life is going to get in a way. And as soon as, like you said, you're going to have a stressful day at work or something's going to get in your way, it's going to be very hard for you to stick to stick to the thing that's not habitual. Yeah. So my main take on this is whether you are tracking or whether you are create whether you are following a meal plan, I always like to create at least a set week, yeah, of what it is that you would need to consume inside of that week. Um, and basically having that as something to fall back on. So whether you are following a meal plan, it doesn't have to be diverse and different every week. As long as you have you know, a meal plan set out for yourself and you know that if you have those recipes during that week, you're going to get the results, then when life gets hard, you can easily fall back onto that thing that you prepared before. Same thing with tracking. If you don't have a meal plan created by someone, you can create your own meal plan in the form of tracking by seeing what you're having for the day and adjusting it. But one key thing that I would say is never leaving it to chance and tracking as you go, although you can do that. It's mostly about preparing and you know being ready, man, being ready for that week. Yeah, 100%. I couldn't, couldn't agree more. Um, I literally was in a podcast with a boy called Charlie earlier today as well, and that was one of the things we really talked about was the meal preparation. You know, just, just being prepared in advance, even where you're putting your macros in the day beforehand so you know what you're doing or something along those lines, you know, being prepared. If you if you prepped a load of meals for the week, why not just throw them in for your lunches, for your my fitness pal and see what comes in, you know? That give if you you know your breakfast going to be consistent, which nine times out of ten for most people it is, you know that they're probably going to eat a consistent breakfast Monday to Friday. Why not stick it in on the Monday for every morning? Gives you that head start, just gets one less thing to think about, you know. Um and talking about <laughs> talking about meal plans as well, meal preps as well, some of your videos are absolutely top-notch on the meal prep side. Do you want to tell us a bit about them? (laughs) Thank you, man. Yeah, I mean, so so I became a, uh, what I started doing is 20-minute meal preps. And uh, the idea sort of came from, one, you know, my uh, my need to meal prep and my need to still eat interesting food while I'm dieting. I'm not a guy who just, who can stick to sort of, you know, boring food, I'd say. I'm not, but, but, although you can get results eating chicken, broccoli and rice all week, nothing wrong with that if you like it. I, I like to put a little bit of a spin on it. And again, like we said, it all comes down to eating the correct ratios of macros. So your proteins, carbs, fats, plus the calories. And if you can make a food interesting while, uh, while hitting those numbers, why not? So the idea behind a 20-minute meal preps was, to create something that people, you know, people are busy these days. So something that they can cook within 20 minutes, something that they can cook once every few days, and then they have enough food for the next few days. So that, that, the whole idea basically came from the need for, well, not need, but more excuse from many people saying that they don't have time to, to cook. They don't have time to meal prep. So that, that was in, you know, some of the recipes are, some of the recipes are pretty good. Where can they find out a bit more about that as well? Just let us know. Just my Instagram, Caesar King underscore underscore. That's that's where the magic happens, man. That's nice where the one. magic happens. Nice one. The and again, one thing, one thing that I would add to whatever you were saying previously, with regards to, uh, to to sort of planning it out and staying on a track, huge thing, yeah. And what I would say is, a lot of us, if we look at our lives, we live in habitual 
patterns yeah so once like you said you know a lot of the times you're going to find that if you're eating certain breakfasts you're most likely going to be eating the same stuff most of the time yeah even even when you're not on a diet right now even if you are someone that's trapped inside of you know not being fit yet or not having uh, lifestyle habits that lead to fitness i can imagine that you still have habits um which you continuously you know run over and over again whether this is going to be having similar dinners similar lunches similar snacks etc so in reality, the best way for you to get fit is to obviously create new habits, yeah? And it doesn't have to be, you know, you don't have to have 100 different recipes to get fit. You can just have a few that you know if you have those continuously, you're going to start seeing results. Would you agree with that, Andrew? Yeah, is that something? 100%. I mean, one of the biggest things that I will often get or people will say is, I, you know, I want to lose fat and things like that, but I don't want to be eating the same foods. I don't want to be doing the same thing. The majority of people eat the same foods a day in, day out, regardless of whether they're on a fat loss phase or whether they're dieting, as you said or not. People do get into patterns. You know, how many of the people listening go to, you go to the same breakfast place, you have the same breakfast every morning, regardless of whether it's healthy or not, or a similar type of lunch, you know, same yeah. type of dinners. You go to that same place every Friday and get a pizza or whatever, you know. We are such creatures of habit, you know, and it's, about, it's as you said, Caesar there, it's about trying to slowly manipulate those habits to ones that are going to better serve you in the longer term. What are kind of some of the first steps you suggest to someone who's looking to switch over to those healthier habits on the nutrition side? Where would you start first and foremost? Well, definitely. So obviously, again, going back to what I said previously, if you want to get fit, if you want to, you know, lose fat, trim down, get results, if you're already doing something, okay, why not, why not go at 100%, okay? If you're going to focus on nutrition, why not do it proper, yeah? That would be my first thing. Now, uh, obviously, switching over to the healthy habits when it comes down to eating is going to come down to managing your foods, yeah? So one of the objections to come over is that healthy food, healthy, I don't even actually want to use the word healthy because <laughs> you don't have to eat healthy to lose fat. Okay, and I, I, in all honesty, I don't know what healthy is. Okay, you know, it could the, the way that I would look at it is there's some nutrient dense food that you know has vitamins and minerals, and there's some food that is obviously low in that. But even you know the vegetables and fruits these days, the pesticides and stuff, I, I don't know. You know, I'm, I, the health it might be healthier. Okay, it might be healthier. But what I would say is you can you can have the right food for your goal. Okay, or the wrong food. Does that? I can imagine that makes sense. You know, you can either have the right food to lose fat or the wrong food. So, one of the key things that I started doing is obviously you could take it slow and you could try and include a healthy lunch once a week. Not once a week, meaning every day of the week, but healthy lunch. Then you can move on to a healthy breakfast, or you can fully dive deep into healthy eating. Yeah, or the right eating. And what I would say is literally creating your perfect week food-wise, okay? Sitting down, whether you're going to do it yourself, whether you, whether you have a coach, whatever, sitting down and actually designing a full week, okay? And the reason why I would dive in, not just to switch into one healthy meal a week, the reason why I would dive into a full, you know, full-on week, going 100%, is because the results you're going to get are going to be much better, okay? If you do a proper week of eating, you're going to see some good results, okay? And those results are going to fire you up to do more. Now, most of the times we set a goal, we go half-heartedly or even at 90%, we don't get the results that we want. We put all this effort and that sort of dis discourages us to, you know, to, to continue doing the thing. And worst of all, if you did that 13 times over the last few years, you've tried, you didn't get any results, you've tried, you didn't get any results. Next time it's going to come to pulling the trigger on doing it, you might think to yourself, you know what, is it even worth it? Yeah. So... So if, if I were to dive into something, I would try to go at 100%. And the thing that I would look out for is sorting out your nutrition to match your calories and macros. If you don't know what kind of calories and macros you're supposed to be consuming, you know, do a Google search if that could help or contact a person like me or you and, you know, get it sort of, you know, get it going. That's what I would say. Yeah, I mean, that's a great point as well. I mean, <laughs> the the half ass one's excellent, you know. Like nobody who's seeing really good results lacks motivation, you know. So if you give it your all in week one, if you truly give it 
you know, a really good go. If you're trying to lose body fat, you're trying to get in the best shape of your life, whatever you're trying to do, you give it your all for two, three, four weeks and you don't see any results, well, you're doing the wrong thing, you know, <laughs> first and foremost. But if you're seeing those results and if you get that momentum going, that initial phase, go over that hump, you know, you're going to be encouraged to keep going and it's just going to lead to being able to switch over all those habits so much easier, you know. Those those bad habits will eventually, you know, turn into the good ones. Definitely, man. And like you're saying, I think the first part is the hardest, you know, getting over that hump, getting getting into it. You know, that's yeah. that's probably the hardest part of it all. Even though if, if you feel motivated in your head, once you get going, you know, then you, you, hit, you hit obstacles, yeah. Course, Once you get over it, like you say, mate, things things can fly. One of the one of the key things that I would say, like um, previously last year, I've dropped a um, I've dropped a, my twenty minute meal prep guide, which was available free to download. Okay, so you know my custom meal plans, they all adjusted to the macronutrients and calories. That other guide was just recipes that I used to get fit. So they were available to download for free, and I've, I've had I'd, I'd say over seven hundred people download it. And I would say that not even not even two or three people made a proper use out of it. Okay, although I've gave you know I've given I've given the recipes pretty much out for free. Now I feel that one of the big sort of uh, setbacks to it was the fact that when you when you when you give information, okay, let's say you have widely available information like we do nowadays. Information is everywhere. Yep. Sometimes it's not about the overload of the information; it's about the right information at the right time. And same thing with the meal plans. What I feel is if you, if you can create something that doesn't have to be hard, it can be simple, but something that you can consistently follow on a weekly basis, yeah? And you know exactly what it is that you need to eat this day, this week, and you are able to follow it, you basically need to have a clear goal, clear vision, clear perspective of what it is that you need to do on a daily basis. So it's not about having you know, a wide variety of choices. It's more about, having a, you know, a little bit more of a narrower view on what you're doing. And at least from my, my experience, this works much better with regards to getting results. If you know exactly what you need to do each and every day, you're going to be aiming straight for those results. Yeah, 100%. Again, it just takes the choice out. It just takes the stress out. It, like If you have a plan in place, if you get that structure there, you know what you need to do. If you don't know how to put that plan in place and you don't know how to put that structure in place, then that's when you've got to ask for help. You know, there's no shame in asking someone for help or seeking out guidance in this. None of us knew what we were doing when we started out. Um, I mean, I've, I don't know how long you've been in gym, Caesar, but I've been, it was a New Year's resolution, I mean, eight years ago now. So it's taken, it's taken me a while to get to where I am. So there's no shame in asking someone who's been there and done it, um, done what you want to do for help. Definitely, mate, definitely. No, and the, the thing is, there's... If you have a goal on your mind, okay, and you're not entirely sure how to get there, having someone that knows how to get you to that goal, it's, it makes a world of a difference, okay? Because that feeling of motivation when you're feeling motivated right now to get some results is not going to last forever, okay? That thing fades eventually. And from my experience, there's only two ways that you go in in life. You're either getting worse or you're getting better, okay? And if you want to get better and if you're ready to pour that energy into something, Pouring your energy into the wrong strategy is going to damage you, okay, and hurt you along the way. And me personally, in life, every time I've gotten a coach for something, it has excelled me extremely and it has saved me extreme amounts of time. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Just, just getting that 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 guidance from somebody who's been there and done it makes a night and day difference. It really does. So I think we we kind of covered the nutrition side quite well there. Just for a bit of reference. Um, what does your typical day nutrition wise look like at the moment? So this minute, I usually most of the time I, I usually have depend if I'm losing fat, it's yeah. three meals a day, two snacks. Uh, if I'm bulking up, I have a few more meals throughout the day. But yeah, most of it it's literally breakfast, lunch, dinner, two snacks through the day, and um, and that is pretty much it. How about you? Do you keep it basic? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, again, it, it really, in my opinion, it really doesn't matter whether you have two meals a day, yeah, you have three yeah. meals a day, you have four meals a day, as long as you hit the correct numbers, calories and macros, that's the holy grail. With regards to 
bulking. I do feel that there's a little bit more, you know, it's, it's a little bit of a different story food wise, because if I try to eat two big meals a day when I'm trying to bulk up and eat four to 5,000 calories a day, I simply wouldn't be able to digest that. So I'd, I'd chunk it up. Yeah. But fat loss, you know, that's, that's, that's what I do, but you can have less, you can have more. Yeah. Again, it just comes down to how your, how your schedule looks, how your day looks, what's going yeah. to be best. But as you said, hitting those targets is the, the, the number one, you know, number one yeah. thing. That's, How that's, about you? What is it? What is it that you recommend to people? Is there a certain amount of meals that you recommend? Or again, comes down to the person. But three meals and two snacks is pretty good place to start for most, like for the majority of people. Personally, for me, it's slightly different. So I train fasted in the morning. So yeah. I'll typically have a post-workout meal, a lunch, um, like a mid-afternoon snack and a dinner. So it's slightly different. Um, but again, the, the basic structures are there. As long as you have that structure, and yeah. you, you want that structure to look like, and you can be consistent with it. That's so, all. So, out of curiosity, what's the reason for your fast in the morning? Is it do you feel like there are benefits to it, or do you feel like no, it's so, just so I train fasted? So I train at six a.m. So yeah. it's quite early. So I got I, I'll get up at four thirty, do some work, then go to the gym, then I go to my day job <laughs> then the, the, and the reason is I don't train too well on a full stomach so to be perfectly honest my performance isn't there I feel but can feel a bit bloated feel a bit sick but I do have an intro workout so I tend to have maybe some carbohydrates and some amino acids just so I've got something um but again that this is since recently switching to modern training say recently it was like four, four five six months ago but you know that's recent in the scale of eight years because <laughs> um, I've really <laughs> only really tried it but previously before I would never do that you know it's just purely because I perform better in the morning or yeah that you know 100 100 the exact reason why you're saying it. if I was training in the morning or when I used to train in the morning that's that's the exact same thing I would do and not for the reason uh not for the reason that I'm trying to look for some extreme benefit from fasting, yeah. but it's basically because, <laughs> yeah, you, you, you can't, well, you can train with a full stomach, but it's very uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, see, this is a funny thing. A lot of people that, you know, that are not extremely well researched into training. A lot of the times the question I would get is how do you get your energy for the workout if you're not consuming the food prior to training? Because they would think that everything from your stomach, you know, automatically goes into wherever you, you know, you need it. But the truth and reality is you've got all the nutrients available inside of your muscles and before they can be, you know, used from the stomach, they have to be absorbed. So yeah, training, training fasted is, it's, it's not a wrong thing, you know, it's, at times is more beneficial for the fact that you're not feeling like a <laughs> lump of it. Yeah. <laughs> Stomach is out there. You get acid reflux. Sometimes that's what I get. If I have too much food, mate, the food will be coming up. That's what was happening to me. So I, I, I did switch to morning training, as I said, in August. was having breakfast for a couple of months, but as I progressed towards the end of my bulk there, the, the food volume just gets so high that even like the, the breakfast in the morning was filling me up. You know, so I just rather than that, I was having a reasonably sized meal, you know, an hour or so before I went to bed, so there was something there, and that was plenty of fuel for the morning. Definitely. But that's a good segue into training. So um, we kind of covered the nutrition aspect for fat loss. What kind of training route or training styles do you like to go down? Um, route kind of, what kind of training style route do you like to go down when it comes to fat loss? So... So, so there are two groups of people. Most most of the people that come to me are one of two groups. They either want to build muscle, yeah, and they want to look a certain way, okay, and they want to shape up their body, and that's one of the goals associated with fat loss. They obviously want to trim down, but they don't just want to look skinny when they are done with their fat loss, okay. Now the other side of it always people who don't really care about weight training at all. They just want to trim down. They just want to lose fat. So. The, the, my advice would be slightly different for both of those groups. The guys who want to lose fat and shape up and look great, um, the, main, the main structure for fat loss will come down with the nutritional side of it all. So first of all, we really dive deep into nutrition and what it is that they need to do. And second, 
the choice is weight training is obviously the primary driving factor of the muscle growth. Okay. So if they want to shape up a training with weight to look better. Now, if you get the nutrition right, you don't need to do that much cardio. But what I would say is cardio helps tremendously at being able to make that fat loss faster. Yeah. See the results quicker. And it sort of, you know, ex- uh, excels everything. So the, f- the cardio side of always broken down into two things. Okay. Number one, you can do steady state cardio where you would go for a jog on a treadmill or a ride on a bike at a similar pace for, let's say, half hour to 40 minutes. Okay. And, um, that is one choice. As long as you, you know, you burn more energy throughout the day, then you are going to be burning more fat. And the other option is high intensity workouts. Okay. So HIIT style kind of cardio that saves you a lot of time, which is a big benefit. And, uh, well, the the time thing of it all is probably the best part. Yeah. Now you've got this thing called epoch where basically you burn fat after the, after the cardio supposedly, um, so even though you finished with your cardio workout, you are still burning fat after that workout because it's so intense in your body. Now, the only problem that I have sometimes with the HIT cardio and the guys who train with weight is that if you go really hard on HIT and you go really hard on weight, it, it becomes a very, um, tremendous stress on your body. So at times yeah. you don't even feel recovered from your session to do the high intensity workouts, especially after the leg day sessions. So, so, so what I tend to do is I would recommend if it, it's a, it's a form of preference. Yeah. I would recommend, um, mixing them up, doing high in, high intensity workouts and uh, steady state cardio. If you want to maximize fat loss while you're gaining muscle, while you're working out with weight, but then on the opposite side, if you are someone that doesn't train with weight at all and you want to lose fat, that's your primary goal and you want to do cardio, I would only stick with high intensity cardio. And the main reason for that is that at least it seems to, help with preserving the muscle mass, which is huge. Okay. If anyone wants to lose fat and you dieting and you, um, uh, let's say you do steady state cardio, there is much more chance that you're going to start wasting muscle tissue, which in turn is going to lower your metabolism. So eventually, you know, it's, it's going to have an, not, not a reverse effect. I wouldn't say that, but eventually you're going to dip to the point where your metabolism is low and you're eating low calories and doing high intensity cardio seems to preserve more of that muscle mass while you're dieting. So these would be my two takes. Yeah. Again, a couple of kind of key points that I found from that as well. I, I was a big fan of HIT, but again, I found that on top of doing five, six days of weights, my recovery was struggling a wee bit. So one thing that I found was really beneficial was actually just cutting out the cardio essentially and hitting a, a higher step target. So I would just go out like longer walks and things like that. Um, like have step counts 15, 17,000, you know, quite high. But again, that all comes down to your situation. If you've got the luxury of being able to go a walk or go outside, you know, when it's reasonable well in the summer and things like that, or if you're time-pressed like most people are, getting a good short hit or eat maybe even an interval session or something like that, and it's going to be more beneficial to your goals that way. And again, the training side as well. One thing that you mentioned, you touched on there is preserving the muscle mass, you know. That is the, the primary goal of the training when it comes to a fat loss phase, you know. Obviously, you're going to be burning some calories in there when you're lifting the weights and things, but the, the main goal is to preserve as much of that muscle tissue as possible because that's, as you said, what's going to provide that increased metabolism. Your body's going to want to burn more calories and stuff, so so many benefits there to just using the blend. Million percent, man, million percent. And I think we've had this conversation previously when we done a live thing on uh, on Instagram. Yeah. You know, the ability for you to be able to actually build muscle while you're losing fat, which a lot of the times people think you can't do, but in reality, you know, it's 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 highly doable. Obviously, depending on your fitness level, yeah. the more advanced you are, the harder it becomes. But when you first start out, you have this window of opportunity of being able to, you know, do both at the same time. So... In, in an ideal place, if you want to get in shape, I'd recommend lifting weights, but I know, you know, it's not for everyone. It's not for everyone. Yeah. So just out of curiosity, Andrew, with the clients that you're working with, is everyone training with weights or do you have a few people that there's no weight training involved? Everyone at the moment I work with is training with weights. Yeah. Um, that's females, males as well. Yeah. Um, the minimum, I think anyone trains is probably 
twice a week, three times a week maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, again, just coming down to the individual and what they can do. Um, but I see a lot of benefit in the weight side. It's personally my favourite way to train, you know. I've just got a passion for it as well, as I'm sure you do as well, Caesar. Um, but again, uh, <laughs> welcome down to individual. What about yourself? What's your kind of take on that one, client-wise? I mean, same thing that you're saying. So um, being the amount of time that you should go to the gym, let's say, uh, well, okay, going back to the clients. Okay, so number one, I have, I'll work with both. So I have clients that do train with weight uh, and eat food. That's the majority of the people that I'm working with because that is my recommendation. Then I also have a group of people that they are at a point where they just want to focus on losing fat. And, um, you know, I highly encourage them to start training with weight, but at times, basically, they just want to focus on losing fat. Most of the times, once they lose the fat, they come back to me saying, look, I, I want to build up some muscle now, yeah? So if, if I were to, if I was someone that was trying to get in shape, I would basically combine them both because you're going to get the most for your time. You're already at the gym, a few extra minutes doing weight. Uh, it, it could, you know, it, you're going to get much more of a benefit from it all. Okay. Once you lose the fat, a lot of the times what people find is that they're not as satisfied with their physique because they start to look skinny. Okay. So, you know, although you've lost fat, your clothes look a little bit more loose, which for some may feel fine, but at times it goes to the point where you don't feel satisfied with the way they hang in on you. So I would recommend going straight for it, you know, yeah. diving deep. And it doesn't have to, if, if you have a good coach, he's going to guide you with what it is that you need to do, even if you, you've never really trained of weights. And Aside of that, for the people that do train with weights, I would uh, I would say that the people who don't train with weights sometimes have a higher advantage over those that do train with uh, that. Ne- people who've never trained with weights have a have an advantage for the fact that sometimes it's easier to coach them because they did, they haven't developed those bad sort of habits with training. If that makes sense, not sure if I'm making any sense. Yeah, sometimes no, I- coaching someone who's trained for years, your first main aim is to slow them down and to really you know show them that it showed them the right way of doing it yeah. and it's hard because you already you know you've already created this habitual pattern of movement so so that's it train of weights man come on get, you, get yourself in weight. yeah I, I fully agree i mean you're just getting so many benefits as well you're getting the boost of metabolism you're going to be building more muscle mass which is in turn going to allow you to burn more calories rest and things like that so and as you said as well that, that perfectly summed up by, by when you cut down and feeling skinny. You know, you, you've got to think about what, what it is you really want to look like. What's the end physique? It's not a case of, right, let me lose all this weight first and then I'll think about building muscle. Why not, let's why not do both? You know, forget the number on the scale. You know, it's just, it's just because you're, you're losing weight or losing fat, you know, it doesn't really matter. What we were focusing yeah. on is the changes that are occurring, you know, how you're looking, how you're feeling, Where's the measurements, things like that? All about all about the way you look, yeah. Yeah. Um, just another question, just out of curiosity, okay. What one of the main problems that I get? It's not a problem, okay. It's more of a um, a goal setting perspective from someone that wants to get in shape. A lot of the skinny fat guys that I'm working with, okay. I think the the problem the the problem they seem to be having is obviously the choice that they make with regards to what to do first, whether to, you know, build some muscle or whether to lose fat, okay? Um, now, uh, I mean, let's, let's even cover that. What's your take on that? If you're a skinny fat guy, what, what's, what would be your recommendation to? Well, in, in my honest opinion and experience, someone who's coming on skinny fat probably doesn't have a lot of experience in the gym or doesn't yeah. have a lot of experience doing a good program with good nutrition. Yeah. So what I would tend to do is probably try and put them in a slight deficit and then give them a good workout plan where their focus is in progressing every single workout. So the focus is getting stronger, but at the same time, they're maybe in a slight deficit. Now, the scale might not probably change too much in that situation, but you should maybe hopefully see the waist measurements coming down, the chest measurement, biceps coming up. I can think of a couple of people that have walked off off by hand. They're very much in this similar this situation where they came to me skinny fat. One had been a plateau for a year, for example, client Ryan. 
I've actually got a podcast with him as well. Um, I'll link that below if anyone wants to listen to it. Um, but he was the perfect example of being kind of skinny fat when they come on. He wasn't quite, quite happy with his muscle mass. He felt he had a bit of body fat to lose. I think he worked with me for six months and dropped two kilos. You know, but looked completely different. You know, so just putting a good progressive plan in place and then, you know, tidying up the nutrition and making some adjustments there, I think it's a great place to start. What about yourself? What's your take on it, Caesar? Yeah, a million percent. So whatever you were saying, the, the, a lot of the things of skinny fat will come down to recomposition. Like you said, building yeah. muscle and losing fat at the same time, especially if someone hasn't followed a uh, followed their training program that has been, you know, suitable or appropriate. And most people who train and they think they have a program that works, yeah, maybe. But most of the guys that I'm talking to, there's there's a lot of flaws in it. Okay, so if you can fix that, you're going to be able to do both, build muscle and lose fat. Now, obviously, the question comes down to, I sort of ask everyone, what what is your priority? Okay, Yeah, of course. Some of the guys say, okay, look, I, um, I feel pretty skinny. I really want to look bigger. Yeah, I obviously don't want to get any more fat, but I want to look bigger. In that case, like you said, we would go in a slight deficit to um, to basically still lose fat, but focus on maximizing muscle gains. Now, on the other hand of the spectrum, a lot of the skinny fat guys come to me and say, "Look, I've, my main goal is to lose the belly fat. Okay, I want to I want to trim down. I want to look good for summer. I want to look lean, and I want to look toned. Okay, now." I would say 80% of the skinny fat guys that come to me say that, okay, that they want to trim down. Yeah. I would give them the warning. Okay. Agree with that. I would, I would, I would give them the warning right now from the experience that I have with my clients to, um, to look lean, you have to drop quite a significant amount of body fat. Okay. Depending on where you are, 20% body fat is, I would say is a physique where you don't have a belly that's hanging out, but you still have a layer of fat over your stomach. That is, um, that you know, that still covers your abs, so they're not very visible. Okay, now to drop down to about fifteen percent, twelve to fifteen percent, that's when your abs start to sort of, you know, pop through. Yeah. What I would say is, um, when you're a skinny fat guy and you already feel fairly skinny in your clothes, it's good to lean out if you want to lean out. Yeah, but there are some, um, there are some uh, downsides to it. Okay, so one thing that I would say is. You're gonna when you lose fat, you're gonna lose size. Okay, so you're losing size of your arms, you're losing size of your belly. Everywhere that you have fat, you're losing the size. So, you, so your overall circumference is you know tightening up. You're getting smaller. So the biggest problem that I get is although the guys look better when they take the top off, a lot of the times their friends would start to say to them, "Oh, you know, you're looking skinnier. You're looking skinnier," and they would get discouraged and think to themselves, "Oh, hold on a minute. You know, am I?" you know am i looking any better because it seems that i'm looking skinny and another thing that i well not i everyone everyone tends to hit when you're losing fat you're going to hit a point where you uh where you start to look flat okay so it's a point before you can see your muscles popping yeah it's a point where you've lost the fat so you look slimmer yeah you still don't have visible muscle mass because it's still covered underneath the fat so you get to the point where it's like where you look at yourself in the mirror and you might not feel the best because you look flat. Some people would know what the flat look means. So obviously then from that point on, obviously once you've gone so far, you can only do one thing, continue losing fat and get shredded. And obviously you're going to like where you're looking, but that's, that's the biggest thing that I get with guys who are skinny fat. If you choose to go through the route of losing fat, get ready for looking slimmer. Yeah. Uh, get ready for looking slimmer with your clothes on. Yeah, 100%, mate, 100%. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely spot on there, and that is one of the, the, the big problems that we do tend to come across, you know, that that kind of, you know, where do you go when you're skinny fat? And then it's, it's, it's where I started in the gym, you know. Um, but again, you've got to um, go down the patient's route as well. You know, it has to be, this isn't a this isn't a twelve week thing, you know. It takes a good bit of time to build muscle. It takes a, a good bit of time to get to physique where you want. So pick your main priority to start with, and then we go from there. Million percent, man. Million percent. And another thing, another thing that I would look out for is um, you can you can build muscle at quite fast. Not fast, meaning you can't build muscle fast. I don't want anyone to think you can you can get crazy amount of muscle fast. But what I would say is. When you've never done a uh, proper training program before, you can actually build a significant amount of muscle mass in a short amount of time. 
Okay. Now, the, thinking of my clients now, the two problems that um, slow you down from getting the best results of muscle gains, I would say, is number one, you obviously don't know how to control your body in order to maximize the muscular engagement when you're training. So when you're bench pressing, you're pressing for reps, you're not pressing for the tension in your muscle, okay? If you can learn how to create that tension in your muscle, then uh, then obviously you're gonna get much better connection with the muscle that you're trying to train, you're gonna get much better results. But now the second problem is, what I tend to see is once you know that you are capable of uh, performing the exercises of the correct form, sometimes you you don't actually know how much you can push yourself. Yeah, And this is what I get with the clients that I'm working with online and I sometimes see in my gym. Every time they would, obviously progressive overload is a massive thing. So if you bench in 60 kilo for 10 reps today, you know, your main goal is to basically up that, either do more weight or do more reps. Now, sometimes what I tend to see is that guys do not progress as quick as they potentially could, yeah, due to sort of the mindset that you have. You know, you go into the gym, and because there is a thin line between doing the exercise wrong with a really poor form, yeah, and you know, really pushing yourself during a workout. So what I see, and I'm applying a lot of this to the skinny fat guys, because I believe a lot of them could gain muscle quicker if yeah. they tried to push themselves more. And when I'm saying push, I'm not saying be stupid and uh, you know, look completely off when you perform in the exercises, but really testing how much you can progress on each and every session. So instead of going into the gym and let's say just trying to push, you're doing 60 kilo for a week and then doing 61.25, actually trying to see how far you can progress each and every week. Because the thing that I see is when a guy's come down to my gym, I train them online and they're doing a thing at the gym, they come to my gym and let's say they stuck on a 70 kilo deadlift, we do a session and we find out that they can deadlift 110, okay, 110 kilo for the same amount of reps that they were able to. So what I'm coming down to is if you could see what I'm doing, if this is currently what you're capable of doing, yeah, and let's say this is where you are at and you're trying to progressively overload yourself to this point, there's no progress here, okay? There's only going to be progress here, okay, outside of your confidence. It's just bear in mind this is a podcast. <laughs> so we're like... Yeah, 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 yeah. What I'm saying is obviously try yeah. to progressively overload your body. So try, yeah. to, try to do more every session, yeah, yeah and test yourself, okay? So see how far you can take it within realms of, you know, performing the exercise of the correct form. That's a priority, yeah? yeah. But have you ever had any sort of feedback on that or...? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the most powerful things that you can do is just simply keep a training log, like tracking tracking what you're doing. What did you do last week? Did you get better? Yes, good. If not, why? You know, you should always be moving, pushing in that, pushing that direction, pushing for some sort of improvement every time you step in the gym. That should be the attitude every time you go, every time you go to work out. How can I get better than I did last time? How can I improve in some way, shape, or form, you know? Yeah, million, million percent, million percent. And everything that I do with every single one of my clients, we track. Tracking is primarily because obviously you need to know what you've done previously. Yeah. But the thing that I'm trying to point to, for some weird reason, when you're cutting, you, when you're losing fat, you already, your body doesn't feel you know, as good as it would if you were in a calorific surplus. Yeah? So the mental side of it all during training probably comes into place as well. Yeah? But for some weird reason, I don't know why, well, I can imagine why. A lot of the times what I would get is the guys who, obviously they progress, they're trying to progressively overload, but sometimes you don't realize how fast you can actually progress until you push yourself towards that level. Yeah, 100%. You've just got to go for it, man. Push yourself through. <laughs> People don't know they're capable of at times, you know? Yeah, yeah, de definitely, man. And you can, the only, pro well, the, the most progress you're going to make is when you're outside of that, you know, comfort zone of the program whatever your body's capable of you know you've got, you've got to put more stress on it and now yeah. uh, the, the funny thing is there's a thin line between being stupid and you know and performing the exercise completely wrong yeah and and pushing yourself so that's i guess you know that's a hard part to sort of judge yeah but well as a simple example if if for the next 12 weeks yeah you started let's say andrew you started one of my programs okay and you right now you are capable of deadlifting 160 kilo for eight repetitions yeah but for the next 12 weeks you're going to stick to 120 for six reps and then you're going to slowly progress to the 160 yeah you're not going to get as much results as if you if you knew that 160 was the level that where you're starting and then sort of progress from then on not sure whether that's making sense 
Yeah, no, I, I get you there. I get you there, hundred um, percent. Again, just making sure you're pushing, logging things, tracking. The more you can do that, the better. When you trash and train, sleep, anything, you know, steps, whatever. The more you track, the more it gets measured, the more it gets managed. Um, we're kind of kind of getting on a bit here, so I think we'll wrap things up. Um, I do like to finish with a top five as well, Caesar. So today's top five is going to be how to get the best fat loss transformation. Give us your top five tips in getting the best possible fat loss transformation. I'm having a solid plan. Five, five, five tips on the getting the five best transformation. Yeah. Right, number one is uh, having a solid plan in place that is that acts as a roadmap. You know exactly what steps you need to take and you take them. If you take them, you get the results, okay? Not an overload of information, just the right information at the right time. So knowing exactly what it is that you need to do each and every day to get the results, okay? Number one. Number two, being consistent with that thing, okay? And if you fall off every now and then, you know, we're just human. We, we, we all fall off things, but the more you can stick to the plan, the better results you're going to get, okay? So being consistent with it is definitely another one. Having someone to be accountable to, that's the third step. So if you're just keeping the accountability yourself, you know, that's great. But if you share it with other people, if you have a coach, someone to basically check with you whether you are doing the things that you're supposed to do, yeah? The things that you set for yourself each and every week. And I can imagine that'd be the fourth point as well, setting clear targets of where you would like to position yourself. Yeah, so what it is that you're aiming for each and every week, each and every day. And number five is having a clear vision of where you're going. So, you know, focusing, focusing on the focusing on an end goal, focusing on the thing that you want to achieve, you know, picturing that and moving towards that as opposed to focusing on the things that you don't want and this being the reason why you're doing what you're doing. So excellent. Excellent. I like it. I like it. Excellent top five to end there. So if you want to give us a quick uh, final a final summary on where we can find you, how to get in touch, also all of this will be linked below as well. Caesar King at Instagram, type that in. Come and check out some of the meal preps, man. I want to share, I want to share some recipes with you. So if Instagram be the main place, that's where you can find me lurking around. Yeah. I like it, I like it. And again, that'll be linked below. Final note for anyone who would like the complete free, free fat loss guide, click the link in the description. It'll be in the show notes. And if you would like a free coaching call with myself, all you have to do is leave a review, screenshot it and send me over, or tag me or Caesar in this uh, screenshot of the podcast but it's been an absolute pleasure mate really enjoyed this um, and we'll see you in the next one pleasure pleasure mate you've been listening to fitness for nine to fivers with Andrew Marsham you're a grown ass human being you have a job maybe two kids errands bills a wife friends and while the excuse list gets bigger, so does your waist. That's where Andrew comes in. Until next time, find Andrew on Facebook at andrew.marsham.737 and on Instagram at andrewmarsham underscore fitness. To reach out to Andrew, send an email at amfit1993 at gmail.com. We'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>